You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more. Welcome to another episode of the Hoops Fix podcast with me, your host Sam Neat, a full-time British basketball advocate. We have a very, very, very special guest on the show this week. GB Olympian and English Commonwealth Games medalist, Azania Stewart, a.k.a. Z, came in and joined us. And we discussed everything to do with our basketball career to date. And actually started with a very special announcement um, as she announced her retirement from the game. So obviously, tons to talk about. And it proved to be uh, an awesome fascinating conversation which i thoroughly enjoyed before we get into this week's show as always we need to do our customary sponsor message we are sponsored by ourselves we now have a patreon account that can be found at patreon.com forward slash hoops fix that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash hoops fix and there if you like the work that we're doing if you like the um, contributions we're making to the british basketball media landscape you can sign up to donate a very very small amount of money every single month which helps support our work and ideally help us become 100% independent so we don't need to rely on subsidizing Hoops Fix for our freelance work. So check out Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash Hoops Fix and any support you can provide us or help support the show would be massively appreciated. Anyway, that is enough from me. Uh, we go for about an hour and a half in this week's episode. Um, have a listen. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback, love to hear your thoughts. Um, either leave comments or you can email me on sam at hoopsfix.com or reach out on every single social media profile at Hoops Fix. So anyway, uh, here is my conversation with Azania Stewart. Azania. Welcome to uh, the show. Thank you for coming. Obviously, there's a a lot of stuff going on. Um, I think we want to start with a a special announcement. So kind of tell us what's going on. Yeah, well, my last two games for Great Britain are coming up here uh, next couple of weeks. And I'm officially uh, hanging it up, putting the boots up. And yeah, just kind of, you know, celebrating my career and my achievements and... um, uh, for the last game on the 17th of November is really my family and friends and I'm having a little, you know, 100th cap celebration. So really excited for it. How are you feeling about, um, you know, f- facing a future without playing basketball? Um, I feel okay already. Um, I live in Denver, Colorado, and I've already started um, coaching high school and being in, you know, college uh, environments, giving back and helping as many, you know, uh, ladies as I can. Obviously, they're not British, but... Um, it's where I am right now. So I've kind of transitioned away from the game. I, I didn't sign overseas this year. Um, and I had a great season last year with Latvia and they asked me back and a great team. Um, but it's just, I just knew I wanted the time away. And obviously I've had to transition differently to train for these GB games. Um, um, but yeah, I just, I'm not, I, I don't feel everyone's like, are you nervous? Or, you know, do you miss it? I miss the girls, you know, I have such a big bond with my teammates, um, but I don't miss the game. So it's time. You know, anyone, yeah, I was going to say, like anyone sort of looking, you know, you're 29 now. Yeah. Um, so you still have a few years left yeah, if you wanted so to carry young, on playing. You know, don't retire. Like. So why now? Um, I just feel good about it. I knew, you know, where my body was, how I felt, how I was playing. Um, and it just got harder. Uh, living overseas is not easy. And, as I've started to get older and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged. I, I want a family. I'm getting married and I just miss my family and stuff like that. So I've dedicated a lot of time and I've been away. I moved away at 16, 
uh, to go to America, and that's from 16 to 29. I've just been on the grind. Basketball, basketball's life. Like so, that's pretty much. I'm I'm at a good stage. So when people think, yeah, you're young, but um, I've been going a very long time. And when you look at um, kind of what's next, I did uh, one of the interviews that I dug up. It actually, it was from when it was before you went to Florida. Uh, and at that point, Baby you said C. you said <laughs> at that point you said you'd be interested in um, in potentially being like a sideline reporter and stuff. Yeah, I did. Um, so I still I still would love to do that. Really? Yeah, I still love the game. Um, I lo- I watch a lot of you know NBA or uh, the Euro League girls, or I still watch a lot of. Um, basketball I'm still consumed and love it so yeah. I would I would love to do that but then you're also making the transition to coaching at the moment yeah but I don't know I, I never thought I would be a good coach I, I would have to coach at a higher level I'm struggling at high school um, level but more and more I'm like I could probably do this I don't think I could be a head coach I'd be a great assistant um, but it's just my passion you know on the court I'm the same I'm just like and just like shouting and and so I don't know. I, I'm starting to enjoy it. I'm I'm playing with them. I'm a player coach, okay. and that's what's keeping me. I'm getting ready for GB. You know, I'm not a sideline coach, so I'm in the moment, and so I can teach them. Okay, look, you need to, you know, pivot this way, do this. So it's quite hands-on instead of sideline. I was going to say you're you're prep for these upcoming GB games. You know, how difficult is that? I mean, it must be very different when you're not actually playing professionally at the, yeah. at the moment. It's been it's been very different and I'm and I'm, I'm excited nervous I'm never nervous but I'm nervous for these games because obviously I haven't been in a day-to-day two-a-day grind my body's you know you know just tired um but it's a it's kind of like uh, this is it balls to the wall kind of thing like I have nothing to hold back for I'm not going back to a team so I can really give my all to these you know, next 10 days in, in the practices and then the game. So I've been transitioning. I'm doing a lot of like yoga, Pilates, bar classes, swimming, biking, and then playing the basketball on the side. So it's more, it's less stressful um, yeah. training than uh, that some people know the day-to-day wake up at eight or seven sometimes and two a day. So, yeah. You know, we'll get into the details, I think, of... Um of everything that you've kind of gone through in your career, but I guess sort of at a higher level, looking back now, um, when you look back at sort of what basketball's done for you, you know, your basketball career, what it means to you, um, you know, how would you how would you summarise it? What would you say to somebody? Man, um, it's been my life, you know, and, I, and it's, it's weird because every year something else happens and you transition and you grow and, and you look back at all your years and you're like, whoa, I wish I knew what I know now back then, you know, would help me because my IQ is completely different. And what I'm teaching these college girls, it's like, you need to be like a beast. You need to be demanding. You need to be the best on the court. And I didn't really have that um, until later on in my career. Um, <clears throat> but I just kind of learn over time, like what I bring to the game. It's not my stats, you know, I'm not going to give you 20 points and 20 rebounds, but I give you the Z effect pretty much, you know, I'm going to give you commitment. I'm going to get the girls ready. I'm going to, you know, give you my all and my energy. And as I grew older, that was kind of my selling point. My selling point wasn't my stats, you know, it was what coaches needed, kind of the the bond and the gel for the girls to, to really, you know, play hard and get, get to, you know, the wins. So other things that, um, you feel that you've taken from basketball in terms of life lessons that you're going to carry forward into, you know, whatever's next? Yeah, every, everything. Teamwork, you know, commitment, leadership, 
it's it's been it's so weird like to kind of move forward from basketball you know but when I start to have kids or in you know the the mental side of it everything is every day is still part of it's me you know but it's crazy to think that this is I don't know it's not it because I know I'm gonna still be a part of it there's gonna be something that's gonna always pull me back to the game um so yeah you know how much uh you know in particular your GB teammates kind of telling you ah no don't go yet I know I love them they're really my sisters you know I played with some of them for over 10 years um so it's going to be hard uh but they'll probably understand they're all kind of especially the vet girls that we've all been it, in it for a long time and kind of they understand the transition and they're probably going to be behind me very soon so um but it's really it's re- that's what I kind of miss um from the game it's just kind of you know hanging out with them bonding talking about whatever's going on in our lives and supporting each other and we speak to each other all out throughout the year um so I know it's going to be hard. They're going to definitely be, you know, nodding me to play the Euros if we qualify, which we will. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one, uh, you know, is your 100th cap. Uh-huh. You know, is that, when you look at that now, you're like, wow, 100. Is it is it mad how quickly the time's gone and how many games that you've now, you know, played for GB? It's gone really quickly um, and different. I've been through like the start kind of it, you know, and then now into a different transition. Um, we back in the beginning we played a lot of games you know we were traveling a lot we did a lot of tours um, and now it's kind of slowed down where it's in the November and the February because you know however they've changed it which we at first we we hated that we're like why are we doing that but once you're in the season grind you're like oh my god I love this break like you get (laughs) to go home you see your friends get a bit of English food you can speak English and you take that all for granted when you go to I played in Hungary and you sit there or Spain you know what I mean you just kind of Seclude, you know, and you just feel like oh, I miss, I miss it, and then that's why I think the the GB girls kind of we just get together and we're like, oh god, this is so easy, you know. Um, so I don't know. It's just I'm really excited for this upcoming games to see them all. You know, when we when we talk about the hundred cap, I said to you on on the way up here that um, you know, I did speak to John Atkinson briefly uh, yeah. to kind of find out where you, where you stood all time, uh, and you're sitting in fourth um, yeah. after this game, obviously. Uh, you know when. I think when people look back on sort of all-time greats, you're clearly an instrumental figure in British basketball history. Um, That's wild to think. It is wild to think, right? Yeah. Um, Is there any part of you that feels that that has gone unrecognised or um, just maybe overlooked a little bit because of the fact that you're not going to go out there and put up 20 and 15 or or whatever, you know, you bring the intangibles? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I definitely will be missed once I leave. but no, that's not really who I am. You know, I'm not here for the big hoorah. It's just a celebration of of what I've done and, and I'm proud of that. And I've, I've pushed so many, you know, I've been in the media, I've cried on TV, done it all. Um, but that's just my passion for the game and the, my country and where the sport's going, where it's gone backwards, forwards, you know, all of that. And all the politics part, I was kind of got sucked into it, you know, to help. Um, you know, push it back. And, and then I said, you know what, that's not my job. You know, my job is to play well, to keep pushing us forward, to now, want, you know, win a medal in the Commonwealth Games. That's that's Azania. I don't need to be us answering questions about whatnot. It's just here, let me show you where the game's going, what I've done and what I can. And, you know, and that's what I kind of decided to do is just do do me. 
obviously that you mentioned here that that 2015 interview which i think yeah it was went uh, viral, yeah it went yeah. it was it was blown up a lot um which was it was on the bbc i think uh, mm. and you were talking about the sort of the funding struggles that Basel's had and, and you yeah. got very emotional it was, so, it was so weird because it just like he was talking about it and i think like a, a trigger word he was like yeah um it's over isn't it and i was like what like and that's it just was like it's not over and kind of that set me off and i'm very emotional anyway um and that and that alone, I was just like, oh my god, I'm, it's not going to be over. I'm going to put in it. That's what really set me off. Um, but yeah, this kind of I was I was over the politics side, the funding, the money, blah blah blah, whatever they wanted to do for me. It was just like I've just got to show you. I've just got to show you where we are. We're respected in the basketball world, um, and and that's all I could do. I think that um, you know when you when you look at the GB program over the last sort of decade or so. Uh, you know, the women in many cases have actually performed a lot better than the men. Um, Always. <laughs> uh, you know, when you, how much is is it a struggle for you guys? You know, when pushing. you're going out, yeah, like taking scalps, you know, mm. pl- having big games, pushing t- big, you know, powerhouse teams to the limit. Um, but then coming back and, and so, kind of not getting the love from the media, not getting the press coverage, not getting the sport, still struggling with funding. Yeah. Uh, you know, how frustrating has it been for, for you and the team? Yeah, it's been very frustrating. Um, it's but like I said, we just have to show we won the first medal and probably maybe hopefully not the last. But it's you know we're not we're not um having basketball up in uh, Birmingham for the next Commonwealth Games. There you go. From how do we win a medal and then how do we you know defend that title? Um, it's been it's been hard. I think you know being we were I don't know 49th at one spot pulled it back to 25th in the world or something like that um and it was just about working hard and at the beginning we were playing even in the Olympic Games we lost to uh France right and they won the silver medal in the Olympic Games um and And that was a three-point loss in overtime in overtime right and it was just learning how to win you know and we've never been in these situations and for me it was like to show these people if you if you haven't won a medal then you're not worthy of this money and it's like you don't understand gb basketball is really young and now obviously we're kind of getting older um but you just have to show you know that usa the europeans it's a tough the Eurobasket is the biggest chunk of teams that go to the olympic games go to the world cup it's massive and it's really a hard competition and just to keep pushing and respect being respected <clears throat> You know, the other teams respect us. They know it, you know. So, uh, and it's just a shame that the the higher don't see it. And it's all about the the men's game, you know. But, I mean, it's highlights. It's the same with the WNBA right now. They're pushing to be paid more and see more. And and I don't know what else to say to to be out there other than to just graft and show show your end goal. Who else has got a medal? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think the the cultural thing in the UK is definitely one of the toughest barriers because we, you know, at the higher levels in government and stuff, people just don't get it. Don't they? get it. Um, and that's t- and that's tough. You know, yeah. that's tough. And we did the whole push of like, um, you know, going into schools. We did loads of stuff. You know, helping out. It's the cheapest sport, pretty much known to ma- <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, but and it's really something you can teach kids leadership. You know, confidence. Um, you, I say to kids, I've, my education's been paid for. I've travelled the world, all because of this of this ball. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah. And there's so many opportunities that you can get from it. Um, even though, look how many op- late women have, have done so well from GB, even with, you know, our backs against the wall and not being supported. And if we did, how much, would you know, where would we flourish to? Where would we be? So I don't know. Just like I said, I just we just keep showing our worth, as I think, so they can have something to talk about. When you look back on your time of GB in particular, um, mm. what would you say have been the, the highest highs and the lowest lows? Mm. The things that stick out when you look back on your international career? Mm. The lowest, to start with the, the bad stuff, the lowest um, is definitely losing by a few points and learning, you know, that, that Olympic experience was so emotional for me. Um, Obviously, it was a great experience. We're at home. I want to do well. I was in the best shape of my life, I would say. Like, gave up, you know, the alcohol, the sweets, the, <laughs> all the stuff that, you know, um, to make you feel great. And we had a great team. And I think we we um, we had a really long training camp about oh, we started in April, I think, April or May. In, and then we I think we fly. I think we we hit peak too early because we had played every team um, minus Brazil beforehand and back then we were really kind of like the shock like oh my god GB who the hell are they we're yeah. gonna work till you know we'll kind of just a s- never give up team and I think that was our downfall looking back at it and um, playing them before the games interesting um so always kind of you know, feel sad about that, that we didn't get a win because people are like, oh, how did you do? Did you win a medal? And it's like, well, actually I lost every game, which sounds terrible. But if you look at the sheet, like you said, we lost three in overtime to France. We lost, we played Australia great, um, Russia, you know. And so, but then you go on to the positives of that. I played in London, you know, in front of my family, um, with Great Britain, yet another again, a historical moment. Do we go back to an Olympic games? I'm not sure, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was such a great high for me. And then obviously recently winning the silver medal, Commonwealth Games was quite up there. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, it was a very last minute decision for the Commonwealth Games because um, I was in season with uh, my Riga team and we, I, we were in the Euro Cup. And I wasn't sure how far we won our stage and some were going to the next round. And I wasn't sure if I was going to have time. So I didn't even put it in my contract. So I was like, kind of like, oh, I'm not going to commit to it. Interesting. So I wasn't going at first. And then as the season kind of went on and it was slowing down and we're coming into the Latvian finals, I was like, actually, I think I could actually do this. Like I can fit in. So I spoke to GM coaches and they were like, yeah, we can, we can make this happen. So I actually left, played a game left flew to australia played those games flew back and then finished the finals so it was quite wow yeah it was quite intense did you miss games with your club then yeah i missed not too many i missed the final uh the semis um the semis series and you ended up winning the title we did yeah. Yeah. wow yeah we won unbelievable title. um yeah. and so you're like I always found that uh, there always seems to be a bit of a battle between club and country. Um, you know, clubs generally want to keep the best, like keep their players yeah. safe and not injured and whatever. Yeah. Obviously, players generally want to play for their country where possible. Um, it's amazing that you know the club seemed to be okay with that. Yeah, no, they were good. They were really supportive, and I also uh, stressed to them at the beginning, this is probably going to be my last season. So they knew that, and obviously they were like, 
you know, can we say anything to get you back and take the summer off? They're they're an awesome club. But yeah. I shout out to TT Riga because they were probably my best, my favorite club. Um, and I kind of, you know, I knew it was coming to an end. So for me, it was important um, to actually go with the girls and also the leadership. We didn't. It was a very um, kind of we weren't going to have a prep. Yeah, uh, it was very kind of shoved together last minute. Let's take this team. So I knew it was going to be important that I went with them. Yeah. Um, and what was also cool was my dad. I told my dad and I was like, hey, dad, like I'm thinking I'm going to go to Australia. He's like, oh, so we're going to Australia. I was like, we? He's like, yeah, I'm going to go. My dad's the most laid back, you know, ruster guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Australia. And um, we made a trip of it. You know, he came out with me and supported me and, and saw me on the podium. And that was great. And my mum was giving him, you know, uh, giving a bit of slack, like, oh, you're not coming to a 100th game. And he was like, I just went out to Australia and saw her win a silver medal. <laughs> I think that would do because he goes to Jamaica. He's loving his life. Um, so that was a really cool moment with my, me and my dad to experience that and for him to actually see me win the medal. Was the obviously in the final you, you matched up against Australia who are just mm. you know absolutely stacked. Yeah. Um, I guess you know going into a game like that where you're massive underdogs, mm. uh, kind of I've, what is I've, your? I've never been so excited to lose. Uh, <laughs> first of all, by like forty, um, I was so happy. I was like, woo. Um, but going into that game, we knew because remember they were they were a stacked squad, right? They were getting ready for the World Cup. So even in the first rounds when we played them, we knew um, Chema was very smart. He said, "This is a practice game for us. Everyone's going to play. You need to find your role. Um, you know, you got to play hard. We got to execute our plays, our defense. Even if we lose, we knew we were going to lose. I didn't go. I knew that if we played really well." with the team that we went with, we could we could squeeze a bronze, right? So I knew I had to get us together somehow, right? And he knew that. He knew that Australia was very strong. You know, they had, they had what, four or five WNBA players. Um, so we knew that. And then even going into the final, right, we beat Canada. That was, that was our final. That was our final for sure. And then going into the finals against Australia for the... It's a, an awesome feeling knowing win or loss, you go home with a medal, right? You don't want to be in that fourth place where you, you lose and you go home with nothing. Um, and it was just weird, emotional, like, I'm just going to play hard. I'm going to commit. I'm going to, you know, do my, my jersey, my team, my, my dad, my family proud. And that's all you can do, right? And we just played hard and enjoyed it. And I've never, like I said, I've never lost and danced after it. After <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, we knew they were better than us. And that's not what we were going there for. We were going to prove a point. Obviously, winning the second best medal you can win, be on the podium, su support and show what Great Britain basketball, English basketball um, is about. So when you um when you came back home after that uh mm. with that medal you know obviously i don't know but like was there uh did you feel there was any type of switch with the media in terms of like oh you know you potentially got interview opportunities or they wanted to give you a bit of uh, sort of press coverage mm. no netball killed us trying netball <laughs> they absolutely killed it and they deserve it because yeah. obviously they played awesome they won by one point and even the same with the Olympic Games, the Commonwealth Games, everyone kind of like got around each other and supported each other. And so we didn't really have a long time to shine because um, netball took the shine. But, yeah. 
Um, and then also it kind of made it difficult because we went straight back into season. So I let, I didn't even, I landed in London at 7am and then I got a 5.30 flight to Riga. So what interview was going to happen there, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but it was nice. Like I got to, I did a lot of appearances in schools, in um, primary schools and secondary schools once I came back, uh, which was really nice. I really appreciated um, those teachers reaching out to me. So it was really like my own work, um, kind of just showing the medal you know inspiring them talking about my experience I did a little camp with them and it was it was great and that's probably the most yeah um you you mentioned there obviously netball getting all the shine now yeah. am I right in thinking you were originally a netball player before I you was. made the switch I was so is there any point of you that thinks if I'd stayed with netball no 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 it was different um I I started netball because my mum used to play netball. So that's how I got into it. And I didn't know about basketball. I had no idea about basketball. And in year seven, you try everything. You know, you do. I was doing the mile, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like 450. I was doing it all. Discus. Yeah. I was just trying it all just to find my niche, kind yeah. of. And then also, it's just a fun thing. And, you know, in secondary, your friends, you go, you get to leave school early, all this stuff. And um, netball, I was really getting into and we had a really nice squad we were nice with so uh, but that taught me the team game because you can't dribble you need all seven players you know to win the game so i think i really appreciate netball that taught me the team aspect and then i went to play a netball game at greg city and that's when dan bowmaker picked me uh, up he was okay. like oh no you're coming to one of my practices i was like oh, okay so and that's how i started basketball and i was terrible i was shocking absolutely shocking because I was six foot four by I was 16 I was this height by I was 16 so um he saw so what was I 12 thir yeah 13 yeah when he first saw me I must have been like I don't know 511 six foot and so he scouted me he's like look come to my practices see how I couldn't catch the ball the ball hit my face like I was like am I sure <laughs> do I want <laughs> do I really want to do this um but like I said again I'm I've got I've got girlfriends that are still my friends that to this day from that team you know a sisterhood that i would never forget and i'm gonna live with you know and they've got kids and we hang out go, catch up and and that's from when i was 12. so did you um because you what school were you at i was at alexandra palace APS. Did, you, did you move over to greg city no i and didn't you, so you no, stayed there traveled, yeah. and then you played for the club harringay angels yeah. um yeah. and so i get you know harringay angels has got a bit of a reputation mm. uh, obviously you know across the uk so um i think for people that don't know, kind of, uh, you know, how big is Harringay was in the sort of the, the women's basketball yeah. scene as a club? Especially on North London side, like massive, you know, Dan Bowmaker and Phil did a great job, you know, getting us prepared. And it became as that kind of wave of, you know, Josette, Marashi, Kashmir, uh, there was a massive wave of girls who were pretty good and at a high level that could go over to America. Um, and they really taught us everything. You know, they taught us how to be dedicated, take stuff seriously. Um, and I really owe it to them because without them, I, I wouldn't have started basketball. But that going to Greg City was, you know, and we went all the way up to, um, is it Space still? Is it yeah, space? in Hackney. In Hackney, yeah, yeah. You know, and I lived in I lived in North London. I had to get the night, uh, 67 bus, you know, and it took an hour to get there. I didn't get dropped off. It was commitment, you know, get on that bus at whatever it was, seven o'clock, take the hour. You know, and it was just kind of just my way of life. And I, and my mum always says this to my brother. It's, now he's getting older. But, you know, I never forced me your sister. I never dragged her out of bed. I never 
she never drove me. She picked me up, but you know what I mean? It was yeah. very my own decision. I had to get the bus. I had to meet the, you know, minibus, whatever we were doing. It was very my own thing that I wanted to do. Um, and that was the start of it. Was it the moment you made that switch to basketball? Was it love at first sight type thing where you're just like, oh my God, I love this game. And even though you're not very good, you want to get good at it? Or it mm. kind of did that take a bit of time? Like It took time. Yeah, because yeah. those older girls, Alicia and Rochelle, they like, they would bitch me out and like come on catch the ball and and I found it really difficult but I don't know like I don't know when my love like first started I would say it's a rare thing to be that young and be so driven like yeah "Yeah, I'm gonna do this by myself without a parent and I'm moving yeah and I'm moving at 16 it was like I'm doing this and my family were like you know there were so many things that I gave up and missed you know birthdays and weddings and births or whatever and it was just like no, I want to do this. And they saw that at a young age that I kind of wanted to be this basketball player. I never thought I would get a career out of it. I don't know. It's just kind of next step. Like my love grew over time, yeah. you know, because I started at, at um, Angels and it was kind of fun with the girls. And, you know, Dan always made it great for us. And then I moved to um, America. So then that was the next step step of my life, you know. Mm. I lived an hour away from school. I used to travel, commute hour in, hour out. So that's another commitment right there. Yeah. And I was at this small private school. My I had a class of 77, which is tiny. Um, you know, and then I reclassified a year. I stayed for three years in high school. So here I am, 19 years old, hanging out with like 60, you know what I mean? <laughs> and in England, you know, you can go out, you can have a few drinks, you can hang out with your friends. In America, it's 21 to drink. And so I was put back. Yeah. So I was kind of like, what am I doing here, you know? And I kind of just persevered that journey because the next thing was college, you know, four years, free ride. And that kind of pushed me to the next stage of love. And then I'm in college and then here I am and I'm at Florida and loving my life and having a great old time and just kind of finding myself again. Um, and then my freshman year, I'm, I'm, I had a massive surgery. So then I started kind of thought oh well it was a kidney removed yeah (laughs) random (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah my kidney got infected and i was back four weeks so i thought oh i'm gonna miss the season blah blah i was back in four weeks and i I started as a freshman and um and that kind of the next transition of love of the game you know and and i was telling one of the uh girl at uh, denver university the other day is that my sophomore year was it my junior i wish i i think it was my sophomore year um i was having a really bad day i think i like studied like 10 hours for this test failed came in pissed and the practice like went to shits pretty much right oh, man, that's yeah, 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 yeah. um it, it went it went tits up so i was like whoa we ran suicide pool so the next day i'm like i need to have a better attitude like that really annoyed me let's move on and the practice went great. And I thought, whoa, was that because of me? You know, and then the next day, on to the third, it was an experiment. I was like, let's just, fuck, let's just do it. And I was, I was moody, right? I was so, I was in a bad mood and it, boom, suicides, bang, right? So then I'm like, whoa, is this me? Like, this was the first time that I learned I had a power. And this is where the Z kind of effect has now transitioned to me. Um, is that I knew if I came in in a bad mood or if I didn't come prepared or ready or know the scout or have the girls riled up, we were going to run, right? And so at this age, so what am I, like 20, 21? Then this is probably my love for the game started to know that I had this effect on 
these other girls, my coaches, and how the practice went. And I would say then is when I really loved like the it's I don't know it's re it's a really weird feeling like even now with GB I have to you can't have bad days you know and I was speaking to somebody on the plane randomly and she was like well what do you do because when you have a bad day or I'm doing so much to I take on everyone's thing and then she's like well how do you deal with it I said oh I'll just have a cry one day and then I'm better ready back the next day but because I'm taking so much energy and then making it into this practice or the game it is exhausting but I'm not gonna I'm so tired that's not that's not who I am you know what I mean so I think that's probably where my love started of knowing my effect on the game um and I still have that today and that's probably what I've been paid for in my career so I definitely want to get into the sort of the transition to the States. Um, yeah. But before we do, just quickly on, on the Harringay point. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's obviously a lot of basketball clubs up and down the country. Uh, what do you think it is that separated Harringay to produce so many players and win so many titles? Um, what is different? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, we definitely put in a lot of hours. You know, we, we trained, I think probably four or five times a week I think back then that's a long time ago you are <laughs> um but yeah the Angels were great for many years and I don't I haven't followed it recently but we've had a lot of players come out of the Angel um you know way um I can't put my finger on it exactly why is it so it, you know been so great but I just think how we were training and what we did and we worked on fundamentals and catching and passing and and being in the right place and they just put us in a situation to succeed and put us in you know to show off our our best assets i guess so when you were with the club mm. um did you, going, did you win did you win going back a really long time <laughs> ago it is, it um, is. no this was the push of there was the joe the leadham sisters so they were uh, um Ellesmere Port had a great team. Okay. And did we win? I think we won the last the last um what was it called? When Junior Final Fours. Yeah, and but you went to uh Aria. Oh, the RAF Final Fours. Yeah. Okay, we're going way back. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. I was sixteen. Yeah. And I remember that was my first uh, MVP that I won in that, oh, that wow. game. Yeah. Um and yeah that's a long that's what i'm saying it's a long time ago so you um you moved to the states when you were 15 or 16 16 16 and had you represent because you represent england the 16s right yeah was that before or after you um, moved it must have been before must have been before yeah okay. because like i i actually got cut like i didn't make the team and that was there was one time yeah that i didn't make a trip um uh, and that really fired me up i was like that's never gonna happen again um, and I remember that was still in me. Like, I'm like, I will never not make a team again. Um, but that was when I was younger and I hated that. I was like, what the hell, what's going on? Um, so I did play under, under. I was always upper group. Like I played, okay. uh, you know, under 18s. When you were um, 17. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then I left. That was the last tournament that we played at the um, REF. And then I left. So yeah. how, how did the move to the States come about? Um, Lauren Thomas Johnson had left the year before. Ah, uh, I did know this. Yeah, yes. so you went to the same school that she. We, we, went I went to. to the same school. Yeah, and Callum Jones had gone the that year as well, or the year before that. Yeah, okay. so kind of had a move of English players going. 
um, and that's really how it came about. And then I had a coach, Mike Teasley, yeah. who was then again my next push of um, getting me ready for college. And, you know, uh, and so she went first and then we came out, me and Josette came out the following year and uh, me and Lauren, that's how me and Lauren became like really close because right. we, we all lived together in the same house. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was small, free bedroom and there's like five players and I'm still great friends with them. Um, and that that transition to the states you know one of the interviews i did dig up was that you just really struggled with homesickness and just being so far away from from home and now i can't believe that that was that my only year my only year that first year was really hard just being away and i was speaking to one of my friends uh the other day and i was telling her i was like when i moved to america i was writing letters like this makes me feel old yeah um I was writing letters my first year and then that push of MSN Messenger and the sidekick and yeah, yeah, and the, you know, the internet like me, like, you know, that was the first time. Um, But I was still writing letters when I first moved and long distance calls. Yeah. And then that following year, the Skype and all that. And I said, when people were moving to America, the younger girls, and I was like, it's easy now, you know, you can FaceTime, you can, you know, boom. But back then I was, I was still writing letters. So, were you did you when you went over there were you mm. did you go into your sophomore year of high school i did so uh i reclassified yeah. as well um the so moment I, you left the moment you went over um, there or was that later on no, after senior i think year? i did my no i did my sophomore year yeah and then reclassified i think right yeah and became a junior okay I can't think yeah but yeah so i did three years but i was only supposed to do two but right. I, I i'm so glad he did because i wouldn't have been ready I, yeah. was, I wasn't my body wasn't ready i was still developing i was a late bloomer and i needed more time uh, especially what was nice about the next transition into um Notre Dame was that he got us ready for the college game so we were lifting um you know we we're doing the study hall we we're doing lots of hours on court um so that really got me ready for the next part but yeah that first year was really tough and i think it, it you know we were traveling an hour back and forth back and forth so that kind of just killed us like I said no FaceTime it just became really hard and then I was really fortunate um I got a host family yeah who are still uh, my family's today and this this girl Hayley she came up to me at school and was like hey I would love for you to live with me and I'm like okay whatever I just thought it was just you know this typical American girl like hey (laughs) and then a couple days later her mum came up to me and was like yeah like Hayley told me she was the only child she's like we have a spare room you're more than welcome. And her um, her brother was working in London, in, yeah, in England, and they were coming over that summer. So that summer, my my family we met at the, the the brother's house and we had dinner. So it wasn't like I was moving into this random person's house. Yeah. Um, and then we met, and so then I moved now ten minutes away from school. Such a turnaround. Really enjoying it. Kind of. Uh, obviously, like I said, I was I was older than the rest of the my my students, and she kind of just helped me, developed me, and and just kind of made life a bit easier. Um, so on on the court, yeah. Uh, how did you find the transition from the English game to the American game? Um, I don't know. It wasn't too hard. Really? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. Um, it was just more fundamentals, like making sure I kept. And I had a great team. I'm talking about. We were top. We were top uh, three, five in in the country of high school, right. so that really helped. You know, I had great players around me to to make me successful. Um, 
I think it was just more the hours, you know. We we were at the, we literally lived at school, you know. We finished study hall, we waited to get on the court, we practiced, we got home eight thirty, nine o'clock, boom, turn around, do it again. So already at at high school, I was doing a lot of hours. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I can't remember us struggling. It was just more my body, like I just had to get get it together. Did you, when you first went to the states, mm. did you know that? You wanted the next. You wanted the next step was to try and get a college scholarship. Did you know about that kind of world? Yeah. And at what point, um, you know, were you thinking about it? And then when did the school sort of start start coming? Mm, yeah, I was so fortunate and so blessed because my high school team got a lot of uh, attention because we yeah. were playing the Maya Moors teams. We were going to great tournaments that put me in situations to be looked at. And then you play um, a summer ball called AAU. And I was playing, yet again, another great team. It was Boo Williams at the time. Okay. Um, very high, you know, high up their team. So everyone, I remember going to this game, playing this game, and the court was packed of every college coach sat around the rim of the gym, right? And I literally was like, Duke, Maryland, Florida. Like, everyone was coming to these Boo Williams games or everyone was coming to this Phoenix tournament with my high school. So I had, I was... I was had this perfect platform to just play, not worry. And when I moved to um, my host family, that's when the letters. So that was my what um, junior year is when they consented. I had bagfuls, bin really? bags, yeah, bin bagfuls of letters that you know, hi, blah blah blah. And that's when it kind of started of like where my host mum wanted me to go to the Virginia school because that's where my school was. She was like, please go to UVA. It's such a <laughs> prestigious school when I, I'll be at every game. And she's awesome. And she's, she came to all my high school games. She was really, she was my mum. Like she took care of me and treated me like her own. Yeah. Um, But I kind of felt over uh, Virginia. I wanted to move. And that's where my kind of first, you know, spark of like I want to explore I want to travel I want to and uh and I knew and that's how I actually wasn't supposed to go to Florida I was supposed to go to UNC Charlotte so Amanda Butler was at UNC Charlotte and oh. and so I was getting ready to commit because I was you know the whole big fish small pond but yeah. I was like I want to go to a small school I want to you know and she called me she's like oh I've got really bad news and I was like oh what she's like oh um I'm not coaching at Charlotte anymore I was like oh okay well all right, thanks for your help. She's like, but I got the job at Florida. And I was like, oh, well, uh, <laughs> in that case. Um, and then I, I still took my four visits because I wanted to just see um, my options. Yeah. So I did take my Virginia Virginia Tech and UVA. Okay. Um, I, that was awkward. I got dropped off at UVA and Virginia Tech picked me up. So I was like, oh, thanks. Um, but it was a great experience. And I would recommend girls um, at least taking two visits to three because it is quite tiresome and you've got to travel and you've got to you know yeah. do the whole shabill um so i would definitely say at least take three and then i did my florida visit and then i also visited miami because i love the coach there katie she's still there um but when i was at um miami and she offered me the scholarship we're sitting down and we're at this like lake kind of area yeah and she's talking to me and i a gator, an alligator pops up in the background in the pond, swims through her ear and goes down. And I'm literally like, yeah, I can't go to Miami. Like, <laughs> it was a sign. And literally, I've seen it. Boom, boom. And I'm like, yes, no thanks. Wow. And I committed like pretty much right after that. What a story. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, that recruiting process, you know, it's hard. I find it fascinating. Mm. Um, 
because you hear all the stories and stuff like you know you're getting bags of letters yeah i'm get i'm guessing you probably do i mean phone calls like yeah. you know everyone There's trying to reach out to you and stuff, but yeah it's, it's hard yeah it's definitely difficult and and also what was nice is that obviously parents get involved i obviously had my host mum saying i really want you to do this but yeah. a lot of parents put pressure on like where they went to school or where they think you should yeah. go but i really didn't have that it was really 100 percent my decision which my whole career has been my decision my yeah. parents have always just supported me um but they've never put they've never known the game they don't know anything other than you're doing great or you're sad or you you know what i mean yeah other than what i tell them i all my decisions have been my own yeah but that recruiting that is hard it's difficult because you're like you don't want to you don't want to um let people down right and you feel you're committed or you you say you're going to go this school and then you really like this or the coach leaves it's stressful it's yeah. it's a time and especially at what is that 18 17 18 to decide your future is it's quite you know it's it's daunting but i always just say who do you where do you feel comfortable and you have to go you're going to that school not only are you playing for that team you're going to that school and that's what i loved about florida the teams were just a bond like a full kind of like you know the frats and this but it was really you know we all went to the football games they all came to basketball we went to volleyball it was just a real like because you you eat with these people you study with them you see them every day not only your team but the full scope so I always try and tell people like really feel out the school because you you have to go there you're going to school every day you have to live there um so really see what it's all about because you're going to spend four years there and then you, you know your senior year at high school uh you're obviously by that point getting sort of national attention like you're big time yeah i think in terms of uh sort of awards and stuff i think i read like were you like hoop girls all american and hoop girls was espn affiliate or did it become yeah. espn women there's, yeah, there's some Washington sort of link with espn Post, yeah yeah it did um i was one of the top players up there and but that, i came out of a, a an era of a great push of players so in my area there was there was some really good players did you feel uh i mean i guess even now like you look back kind of where you started barely being able to pick up ball whatever, mm. and then you know a few years later you're in the states and and kind of there's all these big time college yeah. coaches coming after you you're getting all these sort of accolades and recognition mm. uh, media attention like how did you handle that I just every day is a new day like I was very I'm still very humble about it all you know I just I worked hard and I never I didn't I always played a piece to a puzzle you know I wasn't the best player I never have and so I'm just that piece that slots in to help you know I've, I've had top I've played with top players so it was nice to have, I guess, the recognition and stuff like that, but I didn't care. That wasn't, that's not who I am and that's not what I wanted. And I didn't care for it. So when those things were happening, I was like, great, okay, next game, where are we going? And where are we traveling to? So all these accolades that you're pulling out, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I won that yeah. or, you know, I was recognized for that. But um, yeah. Where do you think the uh, the self-awareness comes from to kind of be able to step outside of yourself and say oh do you know what I'm not this type of player this is what I am uh you know I'm gonna go out and do the dirty work or do this or do that Mm. I feel like especially in the UK there is a lot of egos floating around and there's people that I feel could be a lot better if they accepted a role rather than trying to be all and everything and be the man or whatever um yeah where do you where do you think the the self-awareness came from to kind of recognize where you could find a niche 
Probably my parents. Yeah. Obviously, they're really chill and relaxed, and that's kind of how I approach some things. Um, but I'm very. I have a passion that, and I'm a. I'm a born leader. You know, you can't teach these things. It's so true. I was just a leader, and I knew that whatever team or whatever situation, what do we need? And it's so important. You're so right. The whole ego thing and the teams that do well is just what's your role. And, and I try in my teaching now mind is, um, if you don't take that open shot and it's your shot, is is that selfish? You know, cause you're looking off or, you know, everyone, can you hit the mid range jumper? Yes. If, is that your shot? Yes. Why didn't you take it? now that you know what I mean and I don't know just kind of I don't know it's just I knew I'm not I don't know the self-awareness is just over time I think because like I said I'm not going to give you 20 into I might give you a, a rare you know um but it's just about working hard and and I don't know you're so right you're making me think like <laughs> you know self-assessed yeah. but the awareness is just what do we need today yeah. you know in the practice or who's coming up the scout is so important and yeah it's just where do, where can i what can i do okay let's do it so when you stepped onto onto college campus yeah um you know it's, it's a big time school yeah how was that as an experience you know looking back on it now yeah um i remember my rec- uh, my recruiting no when i went for a visit to florida and Joakim noah was still there okay and i went with my dad my dad came over and we walked into the gym and he said it's a great day you know it's like he said this like massive inspiring kind of quote that my dad will never forget and um what sucked is that i look kind of like noah's sister so (laughs) (laughs) like with i used to wear my hair out curly now wearing the button but um and everyone's like oh you know are you you know what i mean i'm like no and then also, um, I had a, t- um, she played volleyball, but her dad um, won a championship with the Celtics and I look f- similar like her. Like, oh, congratulations, tell your dad. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? And then I finally meet this girl and I'm like, oh my gosh, I do look, look similar. So when I first got onto campus, I had Joakim Noah's sister <laughs> or congratulations to your dad who's just won a, an NBA championship. I'm like, what is going on here? But it was fun. It was just, it was a really good time of, of, you know, just kind of, it was a lot of hours, again, waking up at six, trying to find my my way as a freshman and, and balancing school. And yet again, it's, it's all about scheduling and trying to keep everything in place. And that's when you have a good time is that you've done your work, you've done your work on the court and now I can have social. It's really finding this balance of, of success is, is really, balancing it all and that's what's difficult <coughs> yeah there's a, there's a guy that always says that uh his, his thing is like discipline equals freedom you know it's like if you can stay disciplined then that gives you the freedom to be able to do the things you want to do or if you're right. a bit all over the place you trying would, to juggle it all makes right. it a lot more difficult and i i'm i wasn't i'm not the smartest you know so i had to put in loads of work i had to study i had to, i had a, a tutor i had um, I had loads of things like I had to put in extra work yeah. in the classroom like it didn't just come to I had a girl who like sometimes would miss class and she'll get the the like cheat sheet notes it's called smart notes she would read that and she would ace this test and I'm like and I would think oh yeah I can get these sh- fail I had to go to class I had to you know what I mean I yeah. had to put the hours in that way yeah. I had to put the hours in on court to be successful you know and it's tough it really was tough um 
but then again when I look back at it it's like well there was there was I was set up to succeed you know there's so many things you you know you're fed you you you've got a tutor you've got this you've got hours you've got a a, um, strength and conditioning coach like so really it's your own failure if you don't make it you know because you've got all the the pieces to be as successful as you want to be I was gonna say like a, a school like that um you know I would guess, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. I would guess that the the level of provision and services facilities that you had Unreal. in many cases is probably Unreal. better than what you're going to get as a professional basketball player in Europe, Unreal. right? Yeah. yeah, really, it's mili- probably I don't know billions. Like a lot of money goes into it, and I I was happy about Florida because um, they they were big. They won the national championship my freshman year with Tim Debo. But the football team makes really the money. There are basketball schools, but if I always tell girls, I'm like, go to a basketball, uh, a football school because they're rich. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of money into it. There's a lot, and at that point, my freshman year, also we were six, we were top ten in uh, in the college team. So then we were a Nike school. We got all these shoes. You know what I mean? It's just a dream. Like you know, you had everything you needed. That's what I'm saying. But it is when you go to a big school. There's a lot of a lot of money filtering there's a lot of pressure to succeed um and it's a it's a great time it's really it's a really cool experience do you think at the time yeah at that age uh did you think you did you at any point sort of sit back and have the awareness of everything that you had or is it now only kind of you know a few years deep you look back and you're like wow like it was it was crazy no i think i was appreciate yeah. like appreciative of it um because my first year we were so successful right we were top 10 in the country and then next year we'd like don't even make the tournament and we don't get any half the stuff (laughs) that we got and (laughs) i'm like what's going on here um um but also you do and i think now even looking back yeah my school was dope like we got so much stuff and playing at um training at this smaller school and their their budgets and the sky's the limit, you know. We yeah. took we took private jets to games. Yeah, we had a small smaller private jet that we would go to. Um, that I would go to, uh, the media day before season starts. So I got on this little Florida plane. I'm like, oh yes, yeah, this is normal, right? Um, but Florida's got unreal mount. Yeah. And um, it was, but they have a great support. They've they've succeeded. M- my years, um, of playing at Florida, every sport won a championship. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that um being from the UK and knowing what it's like over here almost gives yeah. you a greater appreciation oh, compared to American players. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause they get, and that's the struggle now of American, a new wave is kind of everything's given to you. And, and back then you definitely had to work for it, you know, but also grades were so important, especially in high school in America. I couldn't play unless my GPA was at a certain level. I couldn't practice. I couldn't play. So um, schoolwork and everything was so at the top like oh yeah you didn't pass that test okay you can't play this weekend it's like what um so that was such a big push yeah. and emph- yeah, yeah do you know what i mean and then <clears throat> even when in college the same thing i don't know how it is now but you had to you had to have your schoolwork done and then then you could ball uh looking back on on your time at florida is there any particular games that stick out to you that are particularly memorable um and you look back on fondly um obviously the Pat Summit era was was awesome um and she she was going for her thousandth win and I think we beat them for them not to get the thousandth oh, win wow. um but then also like 
the SEC was such a great conference and every time you went on the road the arenas were amazing you know big time Tennessee LSU's was awesome um and then we we actually lost but we opened Alabama's they made it because they won football championships so they had mad money and they made a new gym for the women's basketball a small little thing but so intimate really nice the crowd was on top and we opened that gym for them they chose our game and obviously we bloody lose (laughs) um but really they put in a lot of time and effort and love into the women's game and they've got this title nine thing that you know whatever the man gets the woman gets blah 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 um so that was really evident like it was shown very much so in florida like whatever the men got we got we shared um in the middle the men had their own court we had our own practice this is a practice facility in the middle then we shared uh the training room and the weight room but wow. yeah it's unreal when yeah. i think about it, you're so right i was flying private jets like wow, i was living the life yeah back then. it's crazy I, i've been to a couple of uh schools and visited uh some british players there and stuff and i mean yeah i went to umass um and Leah, Leah McDermott was there. Yeah. And it's just like... And that's, that's pretty unreal, but that's not even a top. Yeah, that's, exactly. Like Florida's up there of of unrealness yeah. of that, what goes in. So I'm really, I'm really appreciative. I still rock my Gator stuff now to this day. And can you still get Gator stuff? Have you contacted them and just said, oh, can you send us some gear? Like... Um, I used to have the pool like that, but uh, <laughs> she's now the Clemson coach. So okay. she's moved. She, yeah. she was there 10 years um, at Florida. Um, so I don't know if my pool's the same. As I'm, sure, I'm sure you'd yeah, be able to get a thing. So when, uh, obviously, college career, you know, I'm assuming, you know, by your senior year, you're kind of thinking about the next step, I, yeah. I would guess. Um, well, my senior year was going into the Olympic Games. Ah, do you know what? That's the other thing I wanted to say is that uh, in a lot of the interviews that I've read, it almost seems like the Olympics was such a huge focus of yours, you know, from the moment that we won the bid, like from all the, the way jump, through. From the jump. Yeah. I knew I, I wanted to make the team. I knew I wanted to play, in, and especially it was in London. Um, and my coach, uh, Amanda, she was very supportive of, uh, we always did summer B as a team. And I, those were always back then GB times in the summertime. So I would always do summer A on my own with the... What is summer A and summer B? Um, it's just a preparation to get extra classes okay. so then once season comes you can take less classes right so they make you come in the summer um to catch up on work pretty much to get ahead of the game yeah so they always made us do a certain section um but i could never do it with the team and she was like well okay i understand this is the commitment she actually came out to my gb game she uh to the olympics she flew out and oh, flew wow. back. yeah um and she always let me leave yeah, so I would do A without the rest of the team. I did it with the football girls, soccer girls. Yeah. Um, and then I came to I came to England in the summer to work out, and that was just a four year prep. But the two, the first two years, it was kind of like, okay, this could be happening. But then my last two years, where it was like, it was touchable. You know, I really that's when I kicked in the the good healthy eating, working out, and kind of getting my body right. How, how confident? were you that you were going to make the final squad? Like, did you feel there was, a, <coughs> excuse me, did you feel there was a possibility that, that you wouldn't make the cut? No. No? No. I knew I was going to make it. It was hard because we had a, an Australian coach at the time who was very tough. We were putting in a lot of hours, like probably from those four years from college. Remember, I didn't have a break. This yeah. is why I'm retiring, people. <laughs> <laughs> like, I left from college, did the summer school, straight into GB basketball, 
back to college, do the same thing four years in a row, last four, last year into the Olympic Games. So those four years really put some miles on my body because I, I never took a break. Yeah, It was into one, into the other. And the coach at the time was really hard and I was still finding my offensive game and trying to find what I was good at. And he used to just tell me like, I'm shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're di- he used to call me a dinosaur. It's just, you're a dinosaur, mate. And you're not a gazelle. And it was just like, how can I not be a dinosaur? Like <laughs> these are the things I'm thinking like, what can I do? And, and I think, um, this was Tom May. Yeah. 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 I didn't really want to put his name out there, but it's Google. <laughs> um, yeah. and, yeah, and we had some really great vets. We have we had Kim Butler at that time and Judy Page as post players, vets, amazing, and um, they were killing it. And it, so it was really just a supporting cast. And then he starts me in the in the Olympic Games. I'm thinking, what is you know? I don't have time to even think about what is he doing, what's going to happen. How I've just got, I've just got a ball. I've just got to make these first five minutes the best I can make. You know, and I ended up starting for the Olympic Games. I think. Anyway, what do I think? Anyway, carry on. <laughs> is it is it still mad for you to to think that you're an Olympian? Yeah, I because I have a tattoo of it, and people are like, "Is that the Olympic rings?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it is mad." Um, and it's kind of like, you know, something that a lot of people aren't a part of, and and that's then that wave of I didn't win a medal, but I'm an Olympian is winning for me can you say that yeah you know what i mean it's a it's it's a kind of what's the word i'm looking for very select exclusive exclusive that's the word i'm looking for so that alone was an achievement in itself and it's still wild to think that because that was that was it was just amazing like the village uh, you know like yet again we kind of we were home so all the gb team was you know we had track boxing that was joshua anthony you know like that wave of just kind of we were winning we were doing great so even that we weren't we were just supporting everyone you know good job like you know you see each other in the dinner and it was it that in itself was a winning experience what were the some of the highlights for you of the olympics off the court um off the court I mean, did you get to spend time with family? Yeah, we had like a little room that we would come off because it was by Stratford. Yeah. You know, and we would come up and, and see them, but not a lot. It was quite like, it was very focused. Um, There was all you can eat, anything you want. 24 hours, McDonald's, everything. We did not touch McDonald's to the last game. I was going to say and that. How are the Olympic hard. Games like having McDonald's but for the athletes? Like... But they say like people really like ruin them, their bodies and like, really? like especially the poorer nations. They come and they've never had all you can eat. <laughs> Do you yeah, know what I mean? They yeah. come. You can have any. Some people come. Um, you can have any surgery. You can have pretty much as like a gold mine of here you go. Really? Yeah. So, um, Did you I, say surgery. Yeah. If you needed like yeah, you, there's there's doctors. There's I got my eyes tested there. I had. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I might as well take advantage of this. Take advantage of it. It's free, yeah. right? And especially <laughs> like from. The, the lower countries that don't have any of this healthcare or mm. um why not you're yeah. an olympian sort me out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so the, all all you can eat was amazing um there was like uh hairdressers and get your nails done on 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 the village yeah. um loads of free stuff we got you know all the sponsors gave us a bunch of stuff so it was really just just collecting stuff i guess from a from a, from a you know, from a, a UK specific standpoint, the media coverage that the basketball got around the Olympics was crazy compared to what 
are previously now. we're used to yeah. well what we are now yeah, yeah. what we were used to before you know then, yeah. I'll always remember the um, the Olympic test event that mm. they did before the Olympics in the USA game nah there oh. was in the they did a tournament at, it was like the test to test the facility mm. uh, in 2011 um, oh. where GB played with like China were there the men played China and Australia came were we there no oh, it, was a men's it, was, thing. it was a men's thing okay but uh, going there yeah and just there was like so many cameras like so yeah. many media and i was just like yeah it's unreal. never seen this before in my life mm. and then I, I think at that point was when i really realized how much of a big deal it was going to be mm. and how much of a big deal well it could be as a catalyst to grow the game here right. obviously you know unfortunately i don't think that's really happened how many people expected but um but then also it was just like people coming out to watch the game for the first time yeah like how the olympic tickets were was that uh lottery kind of thing yeah. so people were like well we've got basketball t- tickets i guess we're going and i spoke to so many people that was my first game and that was amazing that was exciting that's not what i was expecting i was on the end of, edge of my seat and especially our games um there were nail biters so it was so nice to see so many new faces to the game that Just exposed ha- so many ex- more people to the game right didn't it? yeah right and 100%. how more exciting because you watch a football game okay what two goals woo basketball constant boom 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 and th- that's what people were like i didn't know how exciting it yeah. is you know <clears throat> so i was really happy to for people to at least be exposed and to see the game yeah i've always found that um anytime i take a new person that's never experienced basketball to a basketball game mm. for the first time yeah love it's it. always positive yeah it's yeah. always like oh, i'd love to do this again it's just they just haven't been yeah. exposed to it but even when the nba comes here packed yeah. out the tickets are i've got friends like hey can you get tickets they're already sold out i'm like what the is it november uh yeah, next january, year january yeah, sorry. yeah. uh sold out yeah why, sold is, out in like 10 why is that it's mad why is that well i mean is the nba is coming so what's yeah. the difference about watching a men's game or a women's game here yeah i just I uh, yeah there's just a lot of stuff that needs to be done around it um so 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 uh when you graduate, so yeah, I was asking about the transition to being professional. When you mm-hmm. finish your senior year, mm. so was that summer was the Olympics? Yes. As you graduated, so yes. you did the Olympics. Yes. When did you sign your first? Because your, was your first deal in Spain? Yeah. So I left. So I left school. Yeah. Uh, went to the Olympics. Yeah, and then I signed at Zamora Small Club. Um, I got an agent from my assistant coach from Florida. It was okay. her agent for many years. And I signed there and it was difficult. It was hard. It was a very, very small town. And it just wasn't developing me the way I wanted it to. Um, the the practices were very simple and very kind of just like, shoot 200 shots, do what you want. And so I was like, yeah, I just don't think... It, everyone's first year... Um, I have a teammate on the GB team. Her first year was really bad. And then I said, look, just try one more year. Your first year, they just, it's like they don't respect you. <laughs> I mean, you're a baby here, go here. And um, and I went to this tiny team. And also, yet again, I still speak to those girls um, to this day, but it just wasn't for me. And I knew that this wasn't working and it wasn't going to propel me to the next level of pro. So I did, I left. And then I came back to England and I played a couple months with Barkin. Yeah. Yeah, it seems forever ago. Um, and then I played a few months with Barkin just to stay, you know, ready. Mark knew that a contract would be coming pretty soon and when I need to leave. And he was fine with that. Um, and I felt I felt myself a bit frustrated here, playing here. Um, but then I just kind of dedicated to just getting myself right, helping the girls. Um, yeah. And then I left to Hungary to play playoffs. Um, and yeah, so then kind of went from there. 
when you think about your expectations of being a professional yeah compared to the realities uh how did the two differ if at all um i don't know it's cool because it's different like you're getting paid to play so then that's a you've never been paid before yeah um back then it wasn't a lot um but still you you don't have any bills right they pay for your apartment they pay for your car um and you get money in your pocket and there'll be some free meals you get to travel the country that you live in what's wrong with that do you know what i mean that's that's great because i've never it's always i've been paid in education i've been paid in the olympics i mean you know what i mean you've been paid in um you know things to keep building you up but now i'm actually getting money in my pocket yeah <laughs> you know yeah um which must be a mad thing in itself um, you're just like i'm actually playing basketball and I'm getting paid, paid. <laughs> it's a job yeah and some countries take it so seriously that it's a government job so if the if the team folds the government pays you out really do you know what i mean i'm like hey i can do this <laughs> and that kind of just flourished from there so then when i went to hungary um I, it was another small town I struggled but loved it they this was my first experience of european like kind of um them supporting a team we would they would be there before we would get there they're drunk they've got their drums they're ready to roll and i was like wow i could do that this is amazing and then so i played there and then um peter was peter buckle was then the coach for gb Australian yeah I remember yeah yeah and so then that year finished and he was like mate I want you to come out and uh play with me in Australia Australia. and that's how that kind of you know came about because he wanted me to get ready for the next I think the Euros was the next tournament yeah I think my mind yeah my memory yeah so then I was he wanted me to be with him and coach be coached by him so then boom into the euros we were ready so that's how the australia uh kind of the team came out which was an amazing experience really if you can play in australia play in australia it's expensive to live yeah but they've just got this perfect balance of basketball and social life yeah like i had three practices a week yeah two individuals and a game on the weekend and go to the pub and the, and the beach on, on saturday and sunday i'm like Wow, but it's a very short season. Yeah. Um, it's only six months, I think, even shorter now, five months or something like that. But they've just the Aussies have really got a nice mix, and they've that's why they've got some players who are forty. You know what I mean? They don't overdo you, but the work that you do is quality. Yeah. Get your individual work in, and so I had a great time out there. It's, it was really yeah. Nice. It's funny. I, I do feel like in the UK and America we have this. Uh, well, it's just work all the time at it's all costs Nazi. every hour. It's, it's just Nazi stupid, thing. isn't it? Yeah, I just think there's a whole different way of to to get success out of your players to to longevity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this whole three four hours in the gym, and it's just and your mind. Even if you have the strongest mind, it's tough. You start switching up. What am I gonna have for dinner? I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> you don't want that. It's yeah. and that's why I think I did. Um, the Latvian coach was so successful at that. Just like I'm not here to drill you and kill you let's get the work make sure it's short and sweet and if we get everything done we can go you know and i think that those are the team this whole this whole running suicides and all this in season i've heard people flipping tires still pushing cars in season. what you get you know you train up you do your pre-season and now you just got to kind of you know you lift through it you get your body right and but I'm not a fan of the the Nazi style at all. <laughs> I don't work well under those conditions, and I've had that. I've I've 
been many hours and just really? being yeah grinded into the into the ground and it's tough you, and then you gotta wake up and do it again it makes that makes it hard um being a professional i was gonna say that a lot of people seem to have uh horror stories from professional basketball yeah. in in you know europe and mainly yeah. um are there any stories that stick out for you whether it's you know not getting paid or some crazy coach or um I was quite fortunate. I got pretty much all my money. They might have like, you know, we'd, we'll pay you in a couple of days. Like I pretty much got my money, which was good. Coaching wise, I had a hell. And I, when I think about it, I'm like so stupid, Z, but I had a really tough coach in Spain, my my um, Logroño years. And really tough and just kind of didn't get me. And this was the first time that a coach wasn't letting me be me. And so I struggled through the year. We did all right. I played all right. And then I I tear my calf in the, that summer. So I was I was um I was rehabbing, getting back, and then I was waiting for a job. And I was just like, I know it's probably going to come late because um I've been injured. And he calls me, and he calls me on my phone personally. He doesn't go through my agent. He calls me. He's like, Hazy, like. I was like, you want me to come back, don't you? And he was like, Yeah, you know, we've got this space and blah blah blah. And I thought at this time, I was like, man, like, I'm coming back from the injury. I should probably wait. And I was thinking, man, I know the girls. I know the city. I'm going back. So I go back and it's probably the worst thing I ever did. Yeah. He just kind of, it was a mental game. I got mentally abused. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he would put me out there. He would start, and this this was a difficult time. It was a different, a different mindset. I had to be perfect. Where before, obviously... I had to be ready, make sure, you know, that, you know, like I've spoken about, but this one was, I couldn't laugh. I couldn't smile. I couldn't feel, um, I wasn't me. And, yeah. and the girls knew it and they, they rallied behind me like, you know, you're all right, you can do this. But it was, it was horrible. It was a really bad mental game of you're a joke. And then it affected me and he wasn't playing me till the second quarter and just disrespected me. And so there are stories and, but then again, it's who I, like I've learned from that, Yeah. that, you know, I know what I bring to the table. I know what I'm worth. And, um, and then that's, like I said, that was my year before this year. So I told my agent, look, don't, don't come with me with no, no, you know what I mean? Foolishness. I want a good job. Yeah. And this Latvia job came up. There were Euro cup at the time, now Euro league. Um, and yeah, I'm really happy that that's where I finished. Do you have any regrets about, uh, you know, well, when you look back on your career, mm. not playing Euro, you didn't play Euroleague in the no, end. No, that's my only non-accomplishment. Like that's yeah. not, yeah. And really, I could have done it if I went back this year. Yeah. The team made it to the Euroleague. So proud of them. Yeah. No, no regrets about that? Um, no part of you thinks, oh, I could do this season, get the Euroleague under my belt. That's the only thing that's missing from my resume. Yeah. And it would have happened this year, but... Am I sad about it? Mm. It feels like you. It feels like I played Euro Cup. I mean, Euro League is prestigious. You know, yeah. it's up there. It's the top women are playing. Yeah. But it would have been sacrificed this year. I would have had to play this year, and so it's either. It feels like you're just fully ready to step away. Yeah, I am, and I'm really happy about it too. Like I'm not. I love the game, and I knew it's like you know at the of at the end of us. I feel like people shouldn't do they finish the season and they they retire like you need the kobe farewell tour <laughs> you know what i mean like you should prepare yourself the whole season yeah. and i said at the beginning of my latvian season last year i said this is potentially 
my last season and so I prepped for it and so every day was kind of like this is your last daisy just grind it this is your last potentially your last game boom the Commonwealth Games this is, you know what I mean so I feel like if you are getting at that spot and that time I feel you should take that the season to fully transition out and I'm more than happy I, I'm so happy that I didn't resign um and just different life experience people just you know you grow and and obviously my fiance plays as well um so and it's just kind of I wanted to support him and I wanted to be um, just different just growing up I guess so uh I'm aware of time so we'll, we'll look and start wrapping up a couple mm-hmm. couple more questions though yeah. um first one would be advice to younger players yeah. you know there's a you know there's lots of young female players all over the country that mm. kind of look at where you are now and they want to have that they want to have that career they want to you know go to the states and get a scholarship and, yeah. and be a professional basketball player play for GB um, you know what advice would you give to to them like what would you say to them to sort of um, give them a best chance of succeeding I think fundamentals you have to work on the small things you know everyone like scoring but you have to catch the ball like a being a big post player, you know, they throw some wild passes. I, I tell people all the time, you don't have to score it. The pressure is not scoring it, it's catching it. And just catching it alone brings the defense, right? But it's just, my advice is just, you have to love it because it's a lot of hours. Being a professional, being a, an athlete in college, it's dedication, it's a full-time job. Um and so it's really about do you really want to do this can you can you see yourself committing like and that's the thing it's like there is no advice what should i tell you in a, a magic formula and you're going to be great and you're going to have the success and what i've done it's just every day it's it's a it's a literally a grind of of training lifting eating right doing well and being and also the mental is now more and more the mental part of the game is coming in, but it really is being in touch with y- yourself. Like, w- can I do this? Am I hurting? Do I need to, you know, reach out? It's a lot. So for younger girls coming up, it's fundamentals for sure. Dribbling, catching, and now the game's changed. You know, you got the six foot, you know, four or five in the men's game, the big guys handling the rock, you know, and I never, for me, Three dribbles is my limit. One, two, where's my point guard? <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now it's changing. You've got the handles. So it's all fundamentals for me. Do you do you get to um, sort of keep tabs on any younger British players coming through at all? Um, the younger girls that come up with GB, I usually keep tabs with. I don't really look at any too many elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but it's more the younger girls. I try and get under my belt and just you know, wing and, and help them because... I've been there and you know like it's like the cliche thing but if I had no I didn't have a really a GB person telling me you know you should do this you should do that and don't worry and and you know people get so worked up about missing a shot it's like don't worry about it you know you're gonna miss more than you make so if you know that from the jump why are you mad yeah you know get back on defense like so now the younger ones um are just are the ones that with GB you know I feel like you quite enjoy the impression that I get is that you quite enjoy the sort of the mentorship side of things you know going into schools talking to kids yeah. kind of telling your story mm. um, do you feel like sort of you know in the future you want to do a lot of giving back stuff coming back here you know potentially working with sort of younger national team yeah, uh, try, players and stuff yeah I try when I'm home I try and at least do something you know 
Um, I don't know. I don't know what my next step of my transition is, but I'm more than happy. I always do it. You know, I don't, you know, there's some people that do you want to charge a fee? I'm like, no, it's not, it's not about the money for me. Um, it's really about just showing where I came from and what I did and how I did it. And just sharing my story alone is advice and, and helping and, you know, every person I reach out to or whatever, I'm just like, hey, if you need anything, message me, you know, DM me, have, here's my number, whatever. Because there's so many different aspects that I can help them with that I've already lived and some things that I can't, uh, but I'm an, you know, I'm here, I'm a sister, I can help you out. Yeah. So that's what more for me is just being a friend and, and somebody you feel comfortable being able to discuss whatever. And then final question. Mm. Um, in you know 15 20 years time yeah when people look back and they talk about <laughs> and, they and they talk yeah. about um azania, azania mm. they talk about z as who a player she? and who she was yeah. like you know what do you want people to say what do you want your legacy to be um that she just worked hard and uh you know great i think my leadership is probably the biggest thing that i you know put myself on um that's so that's such a hard question because it's quite like what do you want to be seen yeah. as and, but I just want to be seen as you know a girl from North London who had a dream you know who just worked hard and and man this is a really difficult question what's my legacy I don't know um I hope it just my actions just speak for itself you know and obviously the medal is in the history the Olympic Games boom as Amy Stewart's up there um so it's just really that's, a, that's such a hard question <laughs> well that's a, a good place to, yeah. to wrap it up yeah um thank you z thank you so much for coming yeah. through and uh thank you for your career and everything you've done for british basketball is massively appreciated uh you. you're a superstar and november 17th i don't know if this will go out before it but if not we'll be there yeah cool. you'll be there right i will be there good cool. all right thank you very much thank you very much you are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more.